Penn State Conversations is a podcast produced by the Donald P. Bellisario College of Communications. Episode topics range from the people, programs, and events that shape the Bellisario College to discussing key aspects of life in the professional world for young and upcoming communications alumni. Please enjoy this episode of Penn State Conversations. In this episode of Conversations, we talk with alumnus Patty Cotter, about his soon-to-debut documentary film, 16. How excited are you about this film? Unbelievably excited. Um, And not for, like, the reasons I feel like a lot of filmmakers might have. Like, the the pregame jitters are out. I had so many experiences at Penn State where um, I was doing screenings and working on projects. And, you know, in a way my first thoughts were selfish. Like I got to get this out there and you know, this will help build the blocks for my career. Um, 16 has been totally different and maybe that's because of COVID and just the perspective shifts that come with COVID. Um, but it's, it's like this huge team effort and we're, we're self, you know, we're independently distributing it. So it, it there's no huge Hollywood budget coming in. It's a full team effort. So Penn state lacrosse team is in the Penn state lacrosse alumni general Penn State alumni, um, you know, the College of Com has been super supportive. My hometown has been supportive. The Boston community, the Connors from has been supportive. It's just this big team effort. I feel like I'm distributing it and releasing it with, you know, a thousand of Connors best friends. Um, and that's, that's, that's where the excitement comes from for me is like, we're doing like, you know, we're, we're in, um, you know, we're in, we're in the game together. So it's it's fall of, of 2021. When did the game begin? The game began, um, you know, <laughs> probably my freshman year when I was put on the Penn State lacrosse beat for the Daily Collegian. Um, and, you know, right away I admired the way that Coach Jeff Tambroni led his team by a set of core values. Um, and also right away I noticed that everything in that program revolved around the number 16. Um, So, you know, at that time, I was getting into very much getting into documentary filmmaking, especially sports documentary filmmaking. Uh, John Affleck put together an awesome opportunity to go over to London and make a documentary. Um, And that was so much fun. I mean, if you can't fall in love with documentary filmmaking on that trip, then you're it will never happen. (laughs) Like That was just a blast. So, you know, I had I had the base skill set at that point. I had the motivation to do it and I knew I had a really good story on my hands. Um, so it was just a matter of, you know, talking to Coach Tambroni, and um, once he gave me the thumbs up, it was that's, – that's when the game started. And I guess officially the first time I started filming um, was uh, the start of the 2019 season. That's kind of when I, am, I embedded with the team and followed their practices and interviewed their players. So, What was it like being embedded? I mean, that's a great word yeah. in, in terms of that relationship and what you're getting from people and those kind of things that, that are going to end up being part of this or even not part of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a good question. I mean, uh, at first it was awkward, <laughs> especially I think I uh, – how do I phrase this? I, <laughs> I'll say this. Bringing a camera into a locker room after a game – isn't always a great decision without any warning. <laughs> so we, I had to, there were a lot of just funny experiences, but you know, a lot of that goes to also showing that, you know, it, I think it made them more comfortable because it was like, rather than just having a reporter with a camera in there, it was, uh, you know, I, I was 
constantly there. And I, I think that helped form a connection. Um, and there were a lot of funny moments that happened where it was, where it was all good. I mean, by the end of it, they were waving into the camera. And you don't necessarily even want that, but it was a good sign of like, okay, like they're comfortable with me being here, having a camera. Um, and for Coach Tambroni to kind of open up his program like that, and, you know, I'm, I'm filming practices before some of their biggest games. I'm filming um, some speeches that he's giving. And, um, you know, for him to give that kind of access to me, that required a, a ton of trust. Um, and I, hopefully I've, I've repaid that with, with a product that kind of captures the program that he was building. How did you earn that trust? That is the most essential part of documentary filmmaking. Um, what I love about documentary filmmaking is it's a human craft. You have to be having, you know, intimate conversations with people. Um, you have to form real relationships if you want to have it feel real in a film. Um, and I worked really hard at it. And, uh, you know, for everything I lacked across the board um, from getting production things right. And I, I just made so many mistakes, mistake after mistake, but I never made a mistake in understanding that these were people I was dealing with who had real grief, who had real stories. Um, and whenever the things were going technically wrong, I just, I just focused on that and said, that's priority number one, everything else will fall in line. And I feel like it did. Were you, was documentary filmmaking always going to be the route and you just came to the, to the Curley Center in Penn State for sports piece of it? Or were you going to do something else and, and became a documentary filmmaker? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I, I didn't really care the medium that I was going to be telling stories in. I, I tried, freshman year, I tried everything. I raised my hand for legitimately everything. The first assignment, I think they tried to put me on for the Daily Collegian <laughs> this might not be good for the article, but it was, uh, uh, I think they called it midget wrestling at champs. <laughs> and, and, um, so I was just raising my hand up to do absolutely anything, knowing that eventually I'd figure out how I want to tell stories. Um, what I found with documentary filmmaking, and I'm totally biased, is you get to combine the true story nature and journalistic endeavors that come with writing um, with the emotion and the music and the impact and kind of the guttural feeling you get in a film. And you get to put that into one piece and uh, it, the payoff is, is unbelievable. It's, it's so great. What is it about this story that still gets you excited? Oh, so many things. Um, you know, I... The idea that gets me really excited is that there's going to be someone not from Penn State, not from Boston, not even a lacrosse fan, that watches this and takes something with them about what it means to grieve and how you can keep someone's spirit alive. I, and I think that moment's going to happen, especially as you know we roll this thing out and we promote it and you know everyone shares it and the network for this film just gets bigger and bigger i think that moment's going to happen but that's a big driving force for me and something i find super exciting like i know penn state will rally behind it because it's penn state we are i know boston will, will rally behind it because boston loves boston <laughs> and i know that lacrosse is going to get behind it because there hasn't been a lacrosse film essentially um but what really drives me is is thinking that there's going to be someone who watches this who has lost someone and uh, 
and they find something that they can carry with them every day. And like Miss Darcy says in the film, you know, find joy every day. There were days she didn't want to wake up, um, but she did anyways. And, and uh, yeah, I think that's a super cool message to pass on. John said he saw an earlier cut of this. I don't yeah. know what he seen was tonight, but he said it's it's not your typical sports documentary. No, it's not yeah. this feel good thing. There, there's it's it's tough at parts because it's a tough topic. Yeah, yeah. Was it easy or hard to go away from typical tropes or structures in terms with it this and let it be what it sounds like it's become? Yeah. As opposed to try to say, oh, here's what a sports documentary looks like, and I'm gonna have this sunshine and rainbows at the end yeah that's a great great question um you know it's it's been through a lot of cuts and kind of my general rule is that that i've learned is the first cut is always awful and i always hate the first cut and usually by the fifth cut i'm like oh it looks like a movie then i hate the sixth cut and then i love start loving the seventh cut and you just this never-ending process of perfecting um and i think john probably saw the 10th cut Um, but by then I started realizing what I had my hands on and yeah I mean I I get a ton of inspiration from the great sports documentaries and just the great documentaries in general Um, but I never try and mimic their structure because I think every story when you're dealing with people um, is is unique and you, you shouldn't try and and mimic but there is a lot of mimicry happening in sports documentaries i i I want to go into a whole rant but you know that you know through i guess here's what it is through sports you're given this nice neat narrative 99 percent of the times there's a team that team wants to win do they win or do they lose and that's your typical sports documentary um this wasn't as straightforward because you know i i i wanted those ideas that i was being told and that they were sharing about overcoming grief and um and honoring you know your brother who has died um that i think forced it away from just that typical backbone and relying on that backbone you mentioned the package of the music and the visuals and the the story arc i'm curious as, as a filmmaker the amount of effort that needs to go in to be aware of options for for music okay things like that to be able to say oh this piece might work here to complement what I'm doing. Yeah. How do you have enough bandwidth to be aware of what's out there that you could pull in and, and use? You yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, the bandwidth was even more limited than that. Um, I, <laughs> funny enough, I, you know, I wrote everything. I, I'd like to write it out and have an online, you know, outline structure um, before I get into editing. I shot it, I edited it, and then <laughs> I made the music for it. I composed all the music. So I, I, I don't have any musical skills whatsoever. If you put me on a piano, I have no idea what I'm doing. But I know story. I know the story that I was trying to tell, and I know the scenes, what the scenes required at that time. Um, so kind of through that and a lot of, you know, watching master classes on, on how to compose for film, um, I was able to get the skill set. And that's, you know, that was another big part of this documentary. I knew there was so much at the start that I didn't know that I wasn't going to find out unless I started the project. So I didn't know how to, you know, compose music, but I, I kind of knew, okay, by the end, I'm, this is figure outable. Um, and even through distribution, I mean, I, when we started distribution, uh, there were a lot of tough moments where I was like, you know, 
I don't really know what I'm doing here, and this project might never see the light of day because I don't know what I'm doing with distribution. But I thought if I can just learn it, then I'll get out the other side, um, and the project will benefit for it. So that it was a lot of improvisation. I think that what that's what happens with especially young filmmakers trying to make a project happen is just improvising and knowing, trusting that uh, eventually you'll learn, and if you don't learn it in time, you can apply it to the next project. So. Have you always been a figure outable kid? Yeah, I think I've I, I've always I've always been optimistic, <laughs> um, and I really love learning. And, and you have to, I mean, to be a journalist, you have to be interested in in learning. And uh, um, I have so many like far-reaching passions. Um, I love cryptocurrency. I think it's awesome. I love learning about it, even though I don't, I barely understand it. Um, I love, you know, obviously sports, but also music and art and pretty much anything I can learn. And, and there's something super exciting about having a new skill um, and having a new thing that you can apply going forward that uh, is just super energizing. I mean, it, for, you know, this isn't a nine to five job. So, <laughs> having those different reasons to be like, I got to get up today and I got to figure out distribution or I got to figure out marketing or I got to figure out how to design merchandise. Like that, that will wake you up every single morning um, with a pep in your step for sure. <laughs> when the lights come up tonight at the premiere, what are you hoping you'll see in, in the, the eyes of the audience or, or, or hear in their reactions at all? Oh gosh. I hope I don't cry because you know, this is like, this has been a long time coming. I mean, almost three years at this point, um, from envisioning it to, to now, um, that's going to be an emotional moment for me. I'm probably going to try and not make eye contact <laughs> with anyone. Um, luckily I'll have John up there and you know, we've, we've done this a lot. We've, we've had, you know, a couple other projects where we've had to get up on stage and, and talk to a lot of people about our project. So that's, that's going to feel like, <laughs> that's going to feel, feel very homey having, being up there with, a with John. Um, but I, I, you know, I hope they take away, uh, the idea that, you know, just because someone's gone, there's a way to keep their legacy going. There's a way to keep their story, um, alive. And what this team found was that if they just built their identity around a number that would create an incredible amount of energy, um, for years and you know they're hoping for decades that you know that identity of 16 can can carry on so if if people can get any of those ideas i will i will be a very happy guy for anybody who can't be in the room tonight it's streaming starting third and then whether distribution options are you hopeful to have happen? yeah so we're streaming november 3rd and again it it comes down to our team <laughs> of thousands of people uh, getting it out there and, and sharing it with our network. This is an independent distribution, which is super intimidating, but super exciting. Um, and yeah, we're going to be on, uh, we're releasing it through Vimeo on demand on November 3rd. You can catch it at uh, 16documentary.com. We've got it kind of built into the site. Um, and yeah, and the goal is just to make it a viral message, you know, everyone emailing it to their friends and their neighbors and saying, Hey, you know, I, I got something really interesting out of this. That would be the goal. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Penn State Conversations. For more information about the Donald P. Belisario College of Communications, including the latest news and upcoming events, visit belisario.psu.edu or find us on social media at PSU Belisario on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.